Welcome to Tarot for the Wild Soul, deep conversations in tarot medicine for your highest evolution. I'm your host, Lindsay Mack. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I hope everybody is getting through what were some pretty transformative, pretty powerful full moon vibes the other day, the full moon in Gemini, super moon in Gemini. And I hope everyone is hibernating and resting as much as they can on a soul level with this Mercury retrograde. It really is the most ideal thing to become just incredibly receptive. Um, I wanted to just take a moment and chat before I introduce my incredible guest about the energy right now. So um, sensitivity is very, very high. And of course, you know, I'm going to speak in a few moments about some things that are not tarot related, but I do actually think in the world right now are really important. Uh, it really, truly will only take a moment, but um, those things require some fierceness and some clarity of mind. And this is really a time in our existence when we're really learning what it is to be in the strength card and kind of in the star card at the same time. Like there's a lot of needing to put our hand on the head of a lion that looks really fierce. And the more we look at it, the, um, not the gentler it becomes, but the better able it is to deal with, actually. It's more that when we bury our head in the sand, as tempting as it is, or when we sort of ignore and stay in the dark because we you know, can't handle it, um, there's nothing wrong with being wise. There's nothing wrong with being wise around the tax bill. There's nothing wrong with saying, like, I need a second before I can fully process this with Bears Ears and National Staircase Monument in Utah, the two monuments that were ordered by Trump to be slashed. National Staircase by about half and Bears Ears, which is one of the most important sacred special landmarks in the United States of America on DNA land. That um, is really one of our most beautiful and treasured areas of the country. It's said to be slashed by about 80%. So there can be both. There can be a commitment to personal grief and mourning. And there can be empowered action. And that's actually why with all of the sometimes hilarious like um, drama of Mercury retrograde, I'm sort of referring to the hilarity of memes like and how fucked up and messy this Mercury retrograde can be. Um, we spoke at the monthly medicine, medicine episode about action, about what it was to aim the bow and arrow and take action when it was right. Um, to take action within a retrograde is some of the most powerful medicine we can do when it's in alignment. So we are at a time when it is essential to let our voices be heard on bears ears on these sacred lands. It is essential, essential for us to clarify ourselves 
in two ways with this proposed tax bill, I think. Who the fuck am I? But to both not panic, to keep our minds clear to a certain extent, and also take profoundly clear action. We can call our senators. We can do many different things. Energetically, we may not feel like we're doing anything. Internally, really, in truth, the universe recognizes action. It recognizes change. It recognizes us using our voices and our hands and our feet in different ways to be able to bring about different results. So you'd be surprised how much those phone calls can do. And I know this isn't tarot related, but I do think that it's humanity related. And I do think that it has everything to do with this retrograde. So I bring it up as a very humble student myself of stepping up and being clear and um, empowering myself in these moments. So very, very important. Um, so what we have with this retrograde is a really important time of being able to listen, to get receptive, to read, to be clear, to pause, actually, to be able to become reflective, to say, you know, where am I at with this? What are my feelings with this? What and how do I feel with this? And what is being invited of me in terms of my communication, my action at this time? There were many things this week and this weekend, or this weekend, I'm sorry, um, even from Saturday that I would see not politically related things, but personal things, things on a Facebook page, whatever, that I had a real response to and had to pause. Because if the other person is coming from a place of fear or sadness or grief or shadow or misunderstanding, um, that is a wound that we don't want to pack salt in and they won't really be able to hear us anyway. So it can be important to let time be a wound and to come back to something or to let them have space to correct, recenter, try to say something again, which I've also been doing myself as well. Uh, I've totally said things, not damaging things, but things and have later been like, whoa, let me strike that and clarify it. <laughs> um, let my communication be a little bit more aligned here. So yeah, that's what we're doing in this time and in this space. So for you this week, it can be very powerful to consider that net neutrality, the tax bill, and what's happening on our national monuments is really a national concern, um, really a concern of humanity. Very powerful things to be very fiercely clear about. And the energy that we're doing it in is essentially such that we're undoing a misalignment by coming at it from a place of deep consideration and review. And you might be saying like, I don't have to review any of that to know that it's not in alignment for me. Some do, some are afraid, some are afraid to speak, some aren't. So even beyond those issues, in the very core of your being, deeply interpersonally perhaps in your own life. What is there to say or not say 
where is your wisdom on that? Trust your wisdom on that. Strength card, again, I'm going to refer to. That woman might be afraid to touch that lion, but she's trusting her intuition that it's the right thing to do. It's part of the reason that she has the infinity loop over her head, same as magician. The magician is doing a different kind of intuitively guided magic. He is pulling rabbits out of hats, and she is touching lions. Now, of course, if I were listening to this, I'd be like, bitch, don't you fucking know that the magician is ruled by Mercury? This is a Mercury retrograde. What the fuck are you talking about strength? I'm talking about strength because tarot is just as spiralic as anything in life, and it doesn't need to be ruled by anything to be relevant. So it's really important to see, again, what stands at the gateway of your heart as a guide. So whether you give a fuck about politics or not, it might be a powerful time to revisit it. Because really, I'm saying that these issues are politics. They're really, again, a life issue. So communication, review, pausing. Um, finally, before you know, introducing my guest, I encourage everyone to really deeply use this next week to um, consider to use your voice, maybe not use your voice, and see when you're guided to say something, express something, clear something, start something, and when you're not. Because source will be very loud in your ear this week and next week as to when it's time and when it's not. So if you've had a body feeling, really trust that body feeling. So that's what I have to say. I'm going to have little links in the liner notes of this podcast um, about bear's ears. Uh, this land is so important. If you've never visited this land, um, it's exquisite. I had the fortune of doing so when I was a very young kid with family. And um, uh, it's not even about visiting, really, because, you know, this is sacred land. But um, it's really about the idea that it is allowed to be without being mined or drilled. And the tax bill is very important for many reasons. If you're a small business owner, if you're not, if you're involved in education, if you are a parent, if you're not a parent, if you go to grad school, if you pay student loans, if you care about drilling in the Arctic, there are all kinds of things in that bill that have to do with that being violated and um, really stripped all of those things. If you didn't know that, you do now. So I encourage you to just read at your pace, get to know it. There are lots of ways, if you're a shy person, to really let your voice be heard. And I thoroughly encourage you, I promise if you're listening to this, it does affect you. So it's not something that you need to panic about. It's something that you can really empower yourself with by letting your voice be heard. Um, because again, even if, let's say, this horrible bill does pass and this gets enacted into law, it will not have been a waste of time. Energetically, you will have been standing on a side of history that protects individuals and protects people who are not the 1% and protects, again, sacred land in Alaska. So all something to think about. Thank you for your patience with me as I go on these occasional political tirades. My only not positive review has been someone who did not like this. So if you don't like it, this podcast might not be for you because 
I feel like these are life things. And um, I actually do think that because one could say that I'm not really qualified, it's very important for me to give it a voice because there's been a massive misperception that unless you're a political person, you really are an activist, you really shouldn't be talking about these things. And that's bullshit because it has everything to, tarot has everything to do with life itself. It's a mirror for the humanity and the people around it. And the spiritual bubble that is sometimes created around tarot is, um, it doesn't hold the center of what's really going on. So it's not a tirade, just like a gentle invitation. Um, I'm probably just as scared and as overwhelmed as you are but I'd rather talk about it and I'd rather let my voice be heard in all different kinds of ways. So I'll have some info on there about bear's ears because that just happened yesterday. So it's important um, if you're called to it to learn and see if you feel called to do anything. Um, so yeah, be gentle with yourselves in this Mercury retrograde, but let yourself really trust that your body will be the compass for you that you are looking for, really leaning into an inner knowing rather than an external pressure. That's what's really important here. The learning to take action from a place of newfound wisdom. That's really what we're all doing at this moment. So that being said, <clears throat> I have a couple of like baby announcements um, like baby announcements, and then I'm going to introduce my guest. Uh, I am doing a retreat at Kripalu. I've mentioned that a couple times. It's coming up. It's a New Year's retreat. It's me, Ruby Warrington from the Numinous, Alexander Roxo, Betsy LeFay, and Sadi Simone. Um, I'm going to be teaching two classes, and it's at Kripalu, and it's going to be great. So if you're interested, you can find that on my website, lindsaymack.com. I'm also going to be for my New York City folks uh, live in conversation with the Fountain Tarot at Space 98, which is the big urban outfitter space in Williamsburg. Um, we will be talking, speaking all four of us on a panel called Distilling Your Practical Magic, which is all about kind of how to create how to begin businesses, how to trust like your vision, your creativity, all that. Um, it's like going to be sick. And uh, there's a moderator for all four of us. So I'm not actually moderating them. We're all getting moderated, which is really cool and lovely that they asked me. Um, I'm very excited to be a part of that. And you can RSVP again on the workshop link on my website at lindsaymack.com. And, uh, I think that's it. <laughs> I think that's it. Um, oh, uh, actually, never mind. What I was going to say, uh, is really appropriate to announce next week. Um, uh, speaking of next week, you have one more week to submit your questions for Ask a Tarot Reader with me and my guest. It's going to be sick. Um, Please, uh, so Ask a Tarot Reader is going to be kind of an hour plus of you getting your uh, questions answered by two professional tarot readers on recording. And you can ask us anything you've ever wanted to know. Um, 
we both come from different walks of life, different backgrounds, different ways of looking at things. So it'll be really lovely, I think, to sink into the answer. My guest is incredible. And that will be my episode next week in lieu of a lesson. Just because I think it's so important to give back and answer questions. And hopefully that serves you. And undoubtedly, it'll be hilarious too. So I'm all about that. Uh, Okay, my guest. I've got quite the guest um, this week. And in keeping with the theme, we actually don't talk much about tarot in this episode. But like my interview with Melinda Lee Holm, the content is very rich. My guest is none other than the illustrious and incredible Sarah Faith Godestiner, who many of you know as an incredible... Um, artist, designer, activist, tarot reader, intuitive, um, and perhaps most famously, the creator of the Many Moons Workbook, which have been, to call them like a cult phenomenon would be kind of an understatement for the last three years, but uh, I'll do that. Cult phenomenon is a really good way to look at it. If you haven't heard of Sarah or the Many Moons Workbook, she created a workbook that essentially outlines, uh, she's been publishing them for the last three years to a year that outline the moon phases, astrological transits for a whole half of a year and all of the different various ways that we can honor that transit, um, through those moon phases and through those months. So it's so rich. It's so generous. It's I'm barely giving justice to it. She always has contributors. One year, I had the honor of being one. It was amazing. Um, And uh, she's just an extraordinary person. And in this interview, we really got into, like, ego and service, um, trusting your body, letting spirit guide the creations you make, saying yes, even if it doesn't necessarily make you a ton of money, what that looks like. Um, Sarah is so, so intelligent. She's so verbally brilliant. Um, her expression is so lovely and it was such a gift to do this with her. I, it really was. She's been on my list for quite some time about who I wanted to have on this podcast. And I feel very lucky that she gets to round out this year with her beautiful creation and, uh, I want to say even like before the episode is over, please buy her workbook because it's extraordinary. Um, the second printing, I believe, may be sold out at the recording of this episode. The first printing had just been sold out. So when I say the second printing, um, Sarah has some she sells and stockists have some that they sell. So we're going to have both for you on the liner notes of the podcast. I think Sarah's haul is sold out. But I'm pretty sure that um, you can buy them from Stockists and you want them. Like this is ideal. Everyone listening to this wants this workbook. Um, So that, again, little link will be on the liner notes of the podcast. And unless I'm really egregiously forgetting something, which I feel like I could be, you know, you never know. um, I think that's all I have for you in terms of the intro. Quick intro, 20 fucking minutes later. Um, thank you for being here as always. Thank you for listening. I'm so grateful to always be walking with you, sitting with you on this journey. 
Um, oh, I do remember what I was going to say. So this is a shout out that has nothing to do with me. Um, this is actually really exciting. I almost forgot. So some of you might know, uh, I promise you'll want to hear this. <laughs> some of you might know, some of you, probably most of you don't, that about two summers ago, it'll be two summers in the summer of 2018, I was uh, privileged enough to be able to do a week-long training with Dr. Clarissa Pinkola Estes, who is the author of Women Who Run With the Wolves. So if you didn't know this, Dr. Estes is in her 70s, and she does trainings and um, deep, deep, deep retreats in the mountains of Colorado around all manner of things. And her training that I did two years ago has opened back up to people. It's called Singing Over the Bones, and it is a five-day facilitator retreat, which means you get to leave that retreat being qualified to lead book club meetings and and teachings on the book itself. So like you can start your own Women Who Run With The Wolves book club and have all the tools you need to do that. But um, my experience with it was really rather extraordinary. She's a living master, and so to get to feet, sit at the feet of a master is really exciting. Um, she's so fucking smart. It's scary. I left with like a full book of notes. Um, and, uh, just, uh, yeah, like really can't even describe the people who go are great. The food is great. It's a necessitous thing for me. <laughs> like I have to have good food where I go to do retreats. Um, food's really good. The beds were really comfy. The land is really gorgeous. It's, it's like straight up such an amazing thing and an amazing opportunity. And I'm sharing this with everyone. I get zero for telling you about it. I'm just sharing it with everyone because it was a great experience for me. It's open and um, it sells out in five seconds. So if you're interested, it's it like just opened yesterday. So I feel like you could have a shot if you're hearing this and if you're called where you want to go to learn more about it is you want to go to a website maven m a v e n productions.com and that's it that's the like website that dr e is repped by and there's information you can put down your deposit um i feel like if you this is bold of me to say but i feel like if you don't have the money for this ask your community yesterday a woman in my community asked for money to be able to go and it was nothing for me to give her some and I think other people did the same so if you can just put your deposit down for it um and get that much they're pretty pretty flexible with letting you pay over time so I'm pretty sure that anyone listening to this if if you're in a position to afford the deposit or to ask for it for Christmas um today would definitely be the day to sign up if it resonates with you so check that out it's called singing over the bones um, and yeah, that is officially it. So thanks for listening to this rant. <laughs> uh, hopefully it served you. And now without further ado, I give you my interview with Sarah Faith Goddess Dainer. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Tarot for the Wild Soul, Deep Conversations and Tarot Medicine for Your Highest Evolution. 
I have such a queen, such a goddess, get it, with me today. Um, I'm so excited. I'm feeling, I'm literally actually feeling a little emotional because you're one of the first people that I wanted to have on this podcast. You've been very patient with reschedules and I finally have you here. Um, I'm so honored to share and announce that my guest today on the podcast is the absolutely amazing Sarah Godestiner. Um, you already know Sarah, even if you don't know that you do. She's one of, um, I would say, the absolute most, one of the most gifted tarot readers like here doing it, period. Um, she's an L.A.-based um, artist, designer, writer, teacher, tarot reader, she teaches about the moon. She teaches about tarot, about the intersection of spirituality and design. But um, she's perhaps most famous and well-known for the fact that she's the author and creator and channeler of the Many Moons workbooks, which are um, completely cult phenomenons. Her first printing is just from her, she can get it at stockists, um, is already sold out. It came out like two seconds ago <laughs> for 2018. Um, she's really amazing, an incredible person, an incredible healer. Um, hard to provide an intro for someone who has offered so much to our community. Um, and I'm so pleased and so blessed to have her today. Sarah, welcome. Hi, Lindsay. Well, now the rest of the podcast will just be <laughs> me silently crying because you are making me feel so uh, grateful to be here. That was, wow, you're so generous and great. I'm so excited to talk to you. We have so much to talk about. Oh, you too. I know. I'm so pumped. I, I'm. I, this is one of those interviews where the stocking, as it were, is so full of goodies because <laughs> there's so much to say about your practice with tarot. Um, I mean, I think you're very well known for giving extraordinary readings. I don't know. Cause I've, yeah, also I didn't mention, like, I've been a fan of Sarah's for a really long time, way pre, um, many moons. And we taught together in LA. It was a very dreamy experience just once. And, um, you've been so generous and so supportive and it's been so exciting to see. So there's just a lot to talk about because, there's the workbook and there's tarot, but there's also like some real deep root good stuff in mm -hmm. there with the book. So I'm actually, I feel like I have a bunch of questions for you about, you know, cause on this podcast, we usually talk about someone's journey with tarot, et cetera, but I kind of mm -hmm. just want to roll into the book. So, um, I'd love to sure. know, and our timeline may f switch around, but your book mm -hmm. is out this, this, you know, the, the workbook from January to June. And for anyone who just needs like a little bit of a primer on the many moons workbook, mm -hmm. Sarah, in your words, what would you say this book is? I would say that it is a magic book mm -hmm. that takes the reader through the main moon phases in kind of real time of the first half of 2018 from January to um to june i deal with new waxing or first quarter full waning or last quarter and dark um those are the main phases although of course there are like 30 phases 29 phases 
um, of course, but those are kind of the structure of the book. And inside the book, there are suggested tarot pulls, there are journaling prompts, there are spells, there are ritual suggestions, there are meditation suggestions, there are there's practical advice, as well as sort of more tripped out metaphysical discussions of deities, of tarot cards. Um, you know, it's kind of a mix of spirituality, self-help, magic, and it's really meant to exist. The book is born out of my own experiences doing this work, and I wanted to create something that I could use. I wanted to create something that offered a variety of different perspectives. I wanted to make more people feel included. Um, I feel like a lot of times in magic, like if you're reading a magic book, let's just say, Mm -hmm. uh, there's not always practical advice or there's not always sort of self-help or psychology Mm -hmm. um, or there's not discussion of, you know, spiritual bypassing or um, it's not, it's, it's very dealing in the binary with the divine feminine or the divine masculine and you know, my background is I'm queer. Um, you know, my community is queer. My friends are queer. <laughs> uh, my partner is queer. And I wanted to sort of create a resource that would make as many human beings as possible feel like they were included and um, that they had resources and that they could come inside, curl up. And kind of, you know, be part of this larger story that we're weaving, you know? Yes. Um, So that was, so that was sort of, that's kind of, I'm sort of going on and on, but the book is really born out of my own practice and my own work. Um, You know, I started doing magic very seriously, I would say around 2004, which was also when my um, sort of tarot research obsession began. Mm. And then I began working very specifically with lunar cycles uh for about five years now maybe five or six years now and uh then about three years ago i started writing the workbook which came out of teaching for a couple of years Mm -hmm. this subject so you know it's kind of all based out of my life experience i don't talk about what i don't know about and i don't share anything that i haven't done whether it's a spell or a ritual um and i think that's actually the reason why people write me and they're like this this is changing. Like, I can't believe this thing happened. And I'm like, yeah, isn't it wild? Like this, that happened for me too. Like, you know, like I'm I'm very practical. I'm a very practical witch. Like I'm like, if it doesn't work, I'm not going to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I just want to share with what works for me. And so, you know, I really have to give it up as well to my contributors because I don't talk about what I don't know. I, I, I feel really, um, I feel quite, um, I feel quite sure of my knowledge around manifestation and the moon and lunar living and magic and tarot. I feel like I can really discuss all of those things mm-hmm. at a very comfortable level because I've put in the decade plus of sort of living and researching and, and experiencing, um, you know, all of these things. But I don't know about, you know, I never took an astrology class. I don't yeah. know about um, uh, herbs. Like I didn't go to herbal school. So I, uh, so my practitioners that I bring in, and the other thing is, is just because I know about the moon or tarot 
I mean, you know, like Lindsay, you are one of the phenomenal contributors. Like you have a whole different take and it's just as incredible, magical, rich, you know, it's just, so I'm just, so when I bring in contributors, I'm thinking mm. of who can I include that? Like I have no idea about, and I'm not going to try to be mm. an expert on because, you know, that's not my forte. And also, you know, who do I really look up to who I think is doing something interesting that can add to, um, you know, the, the reader's experience of, mm. of sort of living magically and spiritually, you know? Incredible. I mean, and it's so clear, um, the level of integrity and ethics and respect and also honoring that is so infused in the book. It's, it's very clear, like what your, your intentions. So yeah, if everyone has not already like stopped the podcast to order one, <laughs> we'll have a mm -hmm. lot of information about where you can get one. There's a beautiful description, but yeah, I really wanted to speak to that because I, I mentioned to you before we started recording that I feel that your many moons workbooks are really, um, you know, it's not like, it's very clear that we're all living in a time where um, our collective has never really been under more uh, of a strong invitation to evolve, to actually really get clear, to look, mm -hmm. you know, especially white folks, obviously. So I feel like in many ways, not just in that way, this book truly is, I hate to use the word Bible because that's not quite what I'm going for, but really the well, just, let's just call it a Torah. Okay. Thank let's you. Yeah. Especially, yes, of course. <laughs> the Torah for our times. No, it's, but it really <laughs> is like the manual, the man, the guided manual for the evolution for like literally for, with a capital E, like this is it because it is so writ, you know, again, that integrity that willingness and that clarity about you sharing so generously what you do know, lifting up people and their practices and saying, you know, these belong to them. Let's honor it. Let's see how this feels, you know, always in the intro, a piece that I feel is both just like you very direct and also very compassionate around like, really do your research, really see where your magical root system is. Like, please don't appropriate, please don't steal. And, um, I also feel that for anyone listening, you know, who might be going through their own private journey around whether they've profited off of a culture that's not theirs. I say this because the, the success of this book is so profound in that, you create it, people desire it, it sells out, there you go. It's such a clear message to anyone who has been wondering, like, you know, where's my magic? Can I receive from my magic? Like, yes, you can. Just bring it forward and mm -hmm. let it be yours. So mm -hmm. all that to say, um, I'm just further, like, celebrating all that you shared and just saying thank you because it's a very clear, very clear contribution and very clear correlation between you bringing you to this book and it's incredible you know um Aww. yeah I remember you saying once to me uh that you or I'm sorry it wasn't to me that was a complete lie you said it <laughs> I think you said it in an interview we may have shared it once maybe over like 
you may have mentioned it offhand, but I do remember reading it. Sorry about that. Um, you created this book because there was nothing out there like it. And you've basically, you're saying you were kind of like, you've been looking for this book your whole life. And then you realize like, oh, this is what I'm looking for. I have to make it. Mm -hmm. Um, when was there kind of, was there like, you know, you touched on it briefly just now. Was there a Mm -hmm. moment for you where you were like, oh yeah, Yeah. please tell Uh, us, please. Well, I mean, it was so like to kind of give the listeners who don't know me just a little bit of background and to be completely transparent, like I feel very awesome about calling myself an artist and about calling Mm -hmm. myself a designer and about making images, um, paintings, whatever you name it. I also feel very awesome and fine about calling myself a tarot reader. Like I feel very comfortable in those identities. I am not a writer. I never wanted to be a self-help, you know, writer. Mm -hmm. I never wanted to be self-published. Like that was not in the plan. That was not in the career plan. That was not what I was like, yeah, I'm going to, I want to get a book deal to write about the moon. Like Mm -hmm. that was not, Mm -hmm. no. Okay. I'm just letting be be really clear. I've never taken a writing class. Like I'm have ADD. I'm mildly dyslexic. I don't really love, I love reading, but I don't love writing. Yeah. All of that to say, I was (laughs) on my old, here I am. I was on my Brown couch in my old apartment in Silver Lake. The brown couch, RIP brown couch, is no longer with us. My Aww. husband demanded we, we, now we have a pink couch, <laughs> which he likes much better. So I'm mm-hmm. sitting on the kitchen, pink couch right now. Um, I was laying on the brown couch and I just got the message from my, whatever you want to call it. I call them my guide. Mm-hmm. Some people say spirit um, was just like, you are going to write a workbook and you're going to write a workbook for three years. And that's what we're doing. And I was very resistant. I actually ended up going to a tarot reader and I was like, I don't know, I'm getting these messages. Um, you know, and she's like, yep, that's it. That's like what you have to do. And I was like, what? And then she pulled a card that correlated with it's the King of Swords, which correlates with Mm. January 1st. And at that time, I believe it was like September. And she said, yep, it has to be out by January 1st. And I hadn't like done anything. And so I just wrote it like I just and every time along the way, when I feel tired, when I'm like, what am I doing? Because there has been so many times where something's gone wrong. You know, I've I, I would even say I don't even think I actually made any money at all off the first two books. I would actually say I lost thousands of dollars, Mm -hmm. um, off the first two. Um, you know, I had all of these moments where I was like, spirit, what come through, you know, like what, what is going on? And it was just like, keep going. Like, this isn't about you. Like stop, you know, like I was like, I don't Mm want to ship these books. And they were like, make it a blessing. And I was like, Oh yeah, you're right. I have to, Every time a book goes out, I get to bless it. I get to, you know, come back to myself. I get to realize that it's not about me. Um, So that's kind of kept me sort of going in spite of challenges that have sprung up with this, with this project, if that makes sense. Oh, it really does. And um, I feel like I already know the answer, but I really want to ask. 
Um, mm-hmm. Has your relationship changed to wanting to not self-publish anymore? Like, are you hoping or are you in the midst of, if you can talk about it, I don't even know, but um, has there started to be a deeper desire to say like, basically, A, I'd like to be supported by a publisher and B, right. um, have you ever felt like it wants to come out in a different way, like for the year rather than mm-hmm. half the year? Like has, yeah, yeah, has I, the creation yeah, changed yeah. shape basically? Yeah, I mean, the creation will change state because this is the last year of it. It's, again, mm. like, here's the other thing I think is, like, important. Like, when you're doing something and it's not born out of capitalism, like, it's not born out of, like, mm-hmm. what can I do to make money? Like, <laughs> oh, I see that there's a moon, like, journal or there's a this. I'm going to make mine. Like, very, like, magpie style. I think sometimes people run their business. Like, what's over there? I'm going to do a worksheet. I'm going to totally. do a that, you know when you're just doing something because you know you have to do it, it's chill that this is going to end. Like, it's really fine that this is the last year um, of it because I knew going in, I I had very clear instructions and that feels really awesome. It's going to change shape. I'm definitely going to do like a greatest hit, like an evergreen project that people can just kind of have. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm definitely going to do, you know, I have about, I don't know, eight different book ideas I would like to do. <laughs> you know, I, I think probably with you, Lindsay, you probably have a similar yeah. limit where your limit is there's just not a, when you work for yourself and you do a variety of different things, there's, even if you do have an assistant, which I, I think you do, I don't have an assistant. I'm actually, I'm like actually going to broadcast 2018. I'm looking for an assistant. So if someone's listening and they're not a creative person and they're mm-hmm. really organized and they don't want to be a tarot reader <laughs> or be like, you know, like I I'm, I'm ready for you. If you live in LA and you can like lift 25 pounds, let's do this. Um, but anyway, I have, uh, I have like my own limits and my own bandwidth to what I myself can kind of do. So yeah, of course I, I, yeah. I want to do all these different things that are lunar related and not lunar related. I have, so many different projects, visual, artistic, creative, um, you know, courses I want to teach online courses. Like I have a nine trillion things I want to do, but yeah, when you're, when you're, um, writing and designing and editing and Mm -hmm. shipping, you know, 6,000 books every four months, there's not a lot of other time to do other things. So yes, the answer is, um, I have been talking to different publishers, but, the other thing is if nothing happens there, it doesn't really matter because I'll still continue to kind of self-publish and do my own yeah. thing. You know, it's interesting that you say that because to, to briefly share this, um, I'm in the midst of writing a book and that's coming out sometime next year. But um, I never thought um, self-publishing because I just didn't, I didn't, really understand it. And I, I thought mm-hmm. I'd like to, but I don't know and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, I've had not big ones, but like little run-ins and so, and going almost to the last and final step with a publisher. I don't mm-hmm. think it, I don't think it's for me. Like, I don't want to put that out there, but it's, I can imagine. You mean self, self-publishing is not for you? No, I mean, pu- working with a publisher. I don't know if it's for me yeah. right now. Because I, yeah. I, I now am, I'm, I'm going to self-publish my book and it is awesome. And by that, I mean enormous. And it's 
scope and cost and like what you have to think Mm -hmm. about and the fact, you know, so the respect has always been there for self-publishers. Now I'm really learning it, but I can imagine Mm. with these books, there has been both like agony and ecstasy to it. Ecstasy because (laughs) it's been yours. You can do whatever you want with it and agony because you're like boxing them up and sending them, you know, it's like, it's both, Mm -hmm. but in the work that this is, um, yeah. So I just wanted to say that, that I feel like I'm, I'm like, I have nothing on the experience like you do, but I can, I'm starting to taste and kind of appreciate both sides of it, you know? Yeah. I think it just depends on so many different things in the individual for me, because I kind of come from a DIY kind Mm -hmm. of background where people just make zines or do whatever they don't, there's no, you just create your own culture. So there's not this dependence. And there's also sort of like, not this, not to sound super judgy, but like, there's not this kind of like ego dependence on like, Oh, well I'm a published author, you know, like there's not like a, some of my favorite books are these like random zines or self-published books from like 1978 that I found like some random occult store where I'm like oh my god this book changed my life it was totally printed by this random witch and I wonder Mm -hmm. where they are now and you know so there's that kind of thing I think for me I could see myself working with a publisher depending on who totally were but but there's just something really nice about having creative control like being able Mm -hmm. to write what you want and include who you want and do what you want. Like there's just something quite nice about that. Um, that I know for me is quite important, you know, that's what I'm starting to see. And, and, you know, the, the more it's very interesting because the more I'm doing these interviews, the more I learn like, Oh, wild unknown self-published the mother piece Mm self-published like healing wise Mm -hmm. by susan weed self-published and that's a Mm -hmm. very small i mean those are literally three works and there have been so much more that wouldn't have the raw shine on them i wonder if they had been sort of polished out you know it depends like of course no shade on publishers but um i feel well i have worked with like an editor before who gave me back my (laughs) <laughs> words and I didn't recognize them but it was like as if someone amazing wrote them like I was like who wrote this and I was like wait a minute this is me there this is just what like working yeah. with an actual professional editor is like, that's like what exactly I'm like what yeah you know uh, like so there is that aspect where you know having never taken a writing class not knowing how to literally I literally do not know how to accurately construct sentences so for all of you editors and writers, like reading my work, I apologize we in advance, you. you know, yeah. but like, you know, there's that level that I can only sort of print. I can't even go there, you know, internally because I will go back into my shame spiral. If I, yeah. you know, I don't, I'm not, I'm not supposed to be hanging out in my shame spiral anymore, you know, so yeah. I'm not going to do that. But, but yeah, there are pluses and minuses to everything. And I think that you just have to sort of, figure out what works for mm-hmm. you when you're doing your own work. And I think for me, for many years, the fear of perfectionism coupled with some real deep rooted fears that I have had around being exposed publicly, I guess you could say, yeah. um, have sort of kept me from doing anything 
And that was sort of my early part of my life. And for me, my 30s are just all about working through some real deep shame, some real deep fears, some real deep abuse stuff, Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and expanding out of that. And for me, many moons personally has been the best instigator of that change because I have had no choice, but Mm -hmm. to deal with, you know, shame or someone writing me an, you know, angry email about a typo or someone saying that I did the, I did this spell is inaccurate and it's not, you know, whatever I get, I have had to deal with it and strengthen my own bedrock of self-love and self-compassion. That for me personally has been the biggest, there have been, you know, so many chances, so many opportunities for me to say to myself, are you going to use this as an excuse to further hate yourself? Are Mm. you going to use this as a way to amplify the voices in your head that tell you you're nothing? Or are you going to use this as a way to show yourself the widest form of compassion, as well as show the person who's writing you an angry email, the widest form of compassion, Mm -hmm. the widest kindest gentleness, Mm -hmm. and, and then let it go and keep going because you're not here in this life anymore to get hooked on those old stories. And, you know, I was putting that off until I turned about (laughs) 30, (laughs) ding, ding, ding. And then I was like, well, you know, here, here I am and here, this is what we're doing. And so for me personally, I think I can take that away. You know, I, I, that's my personal takeaway from this project. Um, you know, I'm an introvert. I don't like having attention on me naturally. It's not my natural state. I'm not interested in, you know, being on stage or any of that stuff. Um, but when you're a creative person or when you have a message, unfortunately, that's sort of, you, you can create boundaries around yeah. what it is you're doing, but it's, it's, you, you have to be willing to uh, deal with the critique and deal with um, negative forms of intent, attention as well as yeah. the positive. Do you know what I mean? I do. And you know, what you're saying, you know, we briefly touched on it actually before we recorded and it was just pure medicine, your awareness of how the creation of this, because what you're offering, there's so much richness in it already is just describing your process of receiving a healing and a softening and a cracking open because you wrote this, receiving an opportunity to be compassionate, willing to go a little deeper with every engagement that would previously have contracted you into greater shame, and also understanding that it's larger than you, and that the offering of this is larger than you. And I think that there's some real there's immense power in there for a few reasons. First, I think anyone who's listening to this, that's sort of sitting in a place of discomfort with kind of the proverbial baby, like half out of them, half in them, not sure whether to just kind of create the thing that's in their mind or sort of, you know, pause it, wait, wait, wait. Um, that there's a kind of, 
a medicine to these moments where we create things, we put them out and they're not perfect because they, you know, are perfect, but quote unquote, and just the work that goes through the alchemy, just of being an artist and putting your art out into the world and letting it be the way that it is, is so deeply inspiring. And I know by you sharing it so helpful for so many, cause you can't avoid that. And ultimately, um, we were also speaking about this, that, um, it, I feel that to create, and you know, you somewhat agreed that, well, you agreed, but to create your, you know, but to create your own work, it, it imbues you with this appreciation and respect for others who are doing it in mm-hmm. a DIY, like blood, guts and bones, like immediately you want to support and immediately you want to pause with your comments about a typo. <laughs> like it does, it changes us around our support, I think, in the way that we engage. So it's so helpful what you've shared. And really powerful that even though this is the third year, you've continued to embrace it. You've continued to say yes. And you've been changed through the writing of it. You know, very powerful to hear that. Yeah, absolutely. It's really been a wild ride. I mean, I think that if I had any doubt before this project that Source isn't real. Spirit isn't yeah. real. Uh, there, I have, <laughs> I have, you know, it's made a believer out of me. Let's put it that way. Yeah. You know, like it's just been an exercise in, in receiving the messages, putting them out there as best as I can, and then realizing that they're not mine and they were never mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and once it's, you know, once it's out, it's not mine anymore. So that's also a really awesome lesson in sort of detachment and ego and, you know, kind of all of those things. Um, Absolutely. Totally. Which is also similar to being a tarot reader in a way, you know, like, I feel like the best tarot readings when I, I mean, from my perspective is just, you know, I, when I'm just getting out of my own way and I'm just handing over the information to the client. And I'm just like the messenger, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the more you do it, the, the, the more it gets ingrained just in your, in your spirit, like in your, in your nervous system, even like Mm -hmm. I'm literally the bridge. Ultimately, Mm -hmm. if, if it's really like, I remember once in healing wise, actually Susan Weed describes this Mm -hmm. moment where she, you may remember this, where she speaks she recounts a story from a midwife who says that if she's thanked too much by the birthing mother, like she has to back up more. Do you know, like, Mm. do you know what I mean? Like Mm. that way of just saying like, how can we be Mm. as great a mirror for the person we're serving as possible? So I love, um, I love what you shared. I really believe that as well. Um, I kind of want to, before we, cause I have so many questions about tarot, um, your tarot practice, how you, you know, found how it found you, how you found each other. But you wrote me about something yesterday that I think is really powerful. You gently touched on it like a few clicks back. And I just want to, um, I would really <laughs> love for you to share kind of you on both kind of your spiritual website 
and your designer website, you have such beautiful plain language on both around like, here's my work in this field. And I also do this and you can find it here. And here's, you know, you were sort of describing that before how, um, you are very comfortable in living in the intersection of artist designer and like which tarot reader and how they kind of work together for you. But you're also comfortable with like, quote unquote, a day job. And there's zero shame around that for you. And I think that's really important. It as I sort of find like our community, as it were, really bending hard on this idea of like, you have to quit your job. Um, Mm -hmm. which I think is very privileged idea, like that Mm -hmm. we have to quit our jobs to be seen as relevant, legitimate, Mm -hmm. and it's, you know, nonsense, but I think it's in there because spirituality right now is working out some big old patriarchal leanings, (laughs) you know, which is important to see. So, so I think, um, I love all the different ways you engage with spirituality and how refreshing that is. And I just would love in your own words for you to speak on that for anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Like whatever, how your journey has been with that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I, I'm like, where do I begin? I'll be really (laughs) try to keep it succinct. I do feel like a lot of um, messages we get on the internet or on social media Mm -hmm. for someone who's wanting to be a professional, for lack of a better word, healer, um, you know, Reiki Mm -hmm. uh, practitioner, you know, tarot reader, psychic, intuitive, palm reader, whatever, you know, whatever the modality is, Mm -hmm. I think that there is still the kind of holdover and leftover, yeah, of these sort of like patriarchal capitalist notions of, well, make six figures being a tarot reader, you know, or like, you know, Mm -hmm. like, like, if you're not, you know, seeing 30 clients a week, if you're not doing this full time, like that's what we all want. We all want to have our, we all want to be a tarot girl boss or whatever, you know, whatever I see it kind of happening. And there are so many different ways to be a reader. And I can only say for me personally, um, I personally am very clear about not wanting to read full time. Mm-hmm. Um, I read I read one to do one to two days a week when my books are open. I will my books will be closed generally about four months out of the year total. Mm-hmm. Um, I will see you know I will see my repeat clients if they message me of course you know. But in general, I am really careful about the time that I read and. I personally know that for me, I know what feels right. And I have had weeks where, yeah, I have seen 14 clients or 15 clients. Mm -hmm. And for me personally, for me, I'm not saying that, you know, for me personally, that's too much. That's just too many. Yeah. It's a lot of people. (laughs) I, I also, I also think that I think that we have, I think 
that like so can I just tell a little story do you mind please oh my god okay yes okay so like here's a metaphor or whatever so Mm -hmm. I was at one time trying to manifest travel travel through work travel through work does that sound sexy I'm in an Mm -hmm. airport you know emailing my client I'm you know over here I'm in New York I'm over there oh that living the life like in my mind I thought that was something I wanted Mm-hmm. So I manifested it and yeah, I'm on a plane. I'm in New York. I'm over here. I'm over there. And it turns out that like Sarah doesn't like to travel for work, you know, like Sarah's yeah. tired and Sarah likes having the mug that she drinks coffee out of every day. She likes her bed. She likes knowing where, you know, where her post office is. She likes knowing where, how she's getting somewhere. Turns out I don't love traveling for work. But I needed to kind of experience that myself yes. before I could be like, oh, wait a minute. Whoops. Okay. Guess I won't be asking for that. Guess I'll like, you know, mm-hmm. put that on the back burner. So I think we have the point of what I'm saying is, yes, we all have to experience our own things. And that's very much what like Many Moons is about. And that's very much what I want to teach people that everything can be a lesson, an opportunity. Yeah. Every, you know, it's not like if then when I get the thing then that what you know it's much longer it's it's so far beyond us so and I do have a point you know I think people who are interested in a healing career or being a tarot reader have to maybe experience it for themselves but I think they also have to question why do I want to see 20 clients a week yeah so then I'll, I'll feel like I'm a professional. I'll feel mm-hmm. like I will have made it. Like I'm now, you know, I, I have the certification. I have the this. Like I think we just have to question yeah. what parts of ourselves are asking for that thing. And, yeah, I'll be totally honest. When I was manifesting travel, that was me totally being like an egotistical, like narcissistic, like that means I'll be successful. I, I equated like traveling a lot with being like fancy and like some mm-hmm. some definition of success or I thought it was going to be exciting um yeah. you know so I had to do that so yeah you know fear fear 50 clients a week fear you know if, if that's what you have to kind of strive for um you know but but I think to kind of save a person time they can kind of really just question you know, and that's why a lot of in the many moons workbooks, I have all the journaling prompts and I want people to kind of reflect because, you know, we need to decide what's right for us. Yes. Not like, oh, so-and-so seems to have a thriving tarot practice. Oh, so-and-so is teaching all these classes. Oh, so-and-so just got a book deal. Like, you know, again, kind of going back to what we were talking about, self-publishing versus, you know, you have to kind of try things yeah. out and check in with yourself and there's like a rainbow a 360 options you know that 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 you can have being a tarot reader and it doesn't have to look Mm -hmm. like you know reading in a field you know with your linen white linen you know dress or whatever so and so's doing like it can look it can look any number of of ways maybe you decide you only want to do online maybe you decide you Mm -hmm. just want to teach maybe you decide you just do want to you know once a week see five clients like it it, it doesn't have to be this sort of that kind of way of, of operating we get to kind of make it up as we go along I am so moved and really like 
I feel so charged by you saying this because this has been my journey too. And I, you know, I don't have like, this is my, for me personally, this is like my job and it really works for me, but oh my God, I went through the exact, like you describing your relationship with travel like is me. <laughs> like, I don't, you have like a bug in my house. Like I've literally used the coffee mug metaphor, like same thing. And I'm so grateful the first year of my career, I got a bunch of opportunities and sort of hustled a bunch of opportunities and like, you know, spent literally so much money that we had a hard time afterward, like, which I have zero mm -hmm. shame about sharing. Like everyone mm -hmm. goes through that from time to time. Like, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like, by the way, everyone listeners, like if you try to, you will spend too much money at some point and be like, Oh my God, what did I do? You will, that right. will happen. Yeah. Um, to, to, to just say like, you know, I, I, wow, like I'm really not, um, this isn't actually in alignment for me, like being in the airport, being here, like the last time I was in LA was a few weeks ago and it was an honor, an honor to, as it always is to read and to teach. But I really, if I was really, um, listening, like I, I, I wanted more to just relax in LA mm -hmm. <laughs> than I did like mm -hmm. teach. And I think you're right. If you give yourself permission, um, to move out of the over cultural, because this mm -hmm. is, because this is the thing right now. And I've actually never had the opportunity to discuss it. So, um, explicitly with someone, um, and these, by the way, are my feelings that I'm about to say, but I actually do feel like something a little dangerous is going on, especially with the media's portrayal of what a healer looks like, um, that they're really, and again, Sarah, these are not your views, they're my views, but I think that they're starting to become slowly but surely this purely white, long-haired, like you said, white linen dress. And by the way, no shade to any By woman. the way, I have long hair and have yeah. several white linen dresses. <laughs> as do I, as do I. So it's, be I don't have long hair, but I am a white lady and I do have white linen dresses. Um, um, it's beautiful, but there's more there. And I think there's also a lot of people doing beautiful works, you know, beautiful, powerful work, like out of the top floor of their apartment or out of here, out of there. Like totally. it all, it looks, it looks how you look and whatever you want to do and however you want to do it. And if there's incredible pride in the fact that you're not, you know, just that anyone, um, I think the more that we allow ourselves, my sort of off, like mm -hmm. floating around my point, but my point is mm -hmm. that you are such an inspiration because the more that we're able to a talk about this as we are now and B um, let ourselves play, experiment, feel into things yeah. and change our minds and then start walking paths that really unapologetically mm -hmm. are like, yeah, I mean, I kind of don't give a fuck about how many, it doesn't mm -hmm. really matter this or that, you know, I don't have this travel life, but, and I can tell you for myself that, for me, I can recognize that was put into my head as mm -hmm. an overcultural thing. Like, I don't think I ever totally. really wanted that. Yeah. Until I saw it. And, but there are some people that that really resonates for them. And, um, I do think that the more well, we totally. have people just, 
Yeah. Like sitting in their root of being like, this is how I serve and this is what lights me up. And, you know, yeah, that there's just going to be, again, like so much more gifts to share and so, so much less shame, you know? So, yeah, I think, I think that it's, it's exactly what you said. I think it, yeah, if someone wants to travel and, you know, have TEDx tarot talks, yes, we need, like we, there, there, there is no shortage to the amount of (laughs) help that humans need right now. Please. You know what I mean? Please. You know, if you, if you want to be a reader, if you want to, help other people if you want to heal yourself and other people please let's do this come on but mm-hmm. yes I do think that there can be the danger as you so um so wonderfully put it so clearly put it yeah there can be a danger of it just looking one way and of um highlighting whiteness yeah. of highlighting kind of patriarchal ableist you know sort of um over over cultural ideas that are a holdover from, you know, from dominant culture. So of course, like, of course we have to be gentle with ourselves. Of course we're going to internalize, Oh, I want to be on a plane or I will have made it if I'm like, you know, leading a retreat in, you know, wherever in Greece or something. And, and again, I want to say, if that's your life, I know people who that is their livelihood. They, they lead multiple retreats, you know, and other places. And that's wonderful. I'm not saying Mm -hmm. don't do it. I just think that, yeah, we need to kind of like, we're, if someone is a spiritual person, then we have to sort of question, you know, yeah, what is spiritual materialism? What is dominant culture, you know, and what is sort of my, my internal, what is my intuition? You know, what is it that I really need? What is it that I came here to offer? What is it that I came here to do? And, you know, so, yeah, I think these are all really important questions and conversations Mm -hmm. that we have to be having. And it's totally great, Lindsay, that that's what you do. Like this is you see many clients a week and you have a brilliant, thriving, awesome practice. And it's just in, for the person who wants to see someone, you know, once a month or, you know, it's yeah. fine. Or someone who wants to only give email readings yes. or someone who wants to just teach. It's perfect. That's great. There, you know, there's so yeah. many different ways to have a practice. Um, and, mm-hmm. and people shouldn't feel like if they're not seeing clients full time, you know, then there's something wrong with them or they're not successful or, or something yeah, like that. It's the you opposite. Know? Yeah, they're doing everything right. And, you know, with that Mm. being said, like I, I have been on my I have been on my own journey with that this year about asking the exact questions you post, like what is the belief in me Mm -hmm. that I see 25 people a week? Like, what is that? Mm-hmm. I asked my, I've, I've asked myself that the whole year, really gently, mm-hmm. really curiously, mm-hmm. like, is there ego in that? And of course there is, is there really old family things around? Like if there are people there and they want my help, do I just say yes? Like always, mm-hmm. is it like right, right. this very always old being thing available. from, yep. yeah. And like, you know, I was raised on welfare, like full stop, like in Jersey. So I don't have, like, it's taken me a really long time to be like, I, I I am comfortable. Like I'm comfortable. Mm -hmm. Like I have an apartment, like there's food in my fridge. Mm -hmm. Like 
where, mm-hmm. what is my relationship? Like, where is it, mm-hmm. you know, so next year, like I do know. actually my hours are pretty, my hours are pretty drastically changing next year to support mm-hmm. what is better for my nervous system and my truth. And mm-hmm. in that way, I think I very much have been doing that work very much. So mm-hmm. what you're saying, I also have deeply been like very much like on my knees, like very humble, like being like, yeah, what is, right? Yeah, what am I? Yeah. Like, and like, what am I teaching? How am I supporting? Mm -hmm. How's that coloring Mm -hmm. my work with like my mentorship people? Like, is that somehow am I Mm -hmm. holding a space for them to, so everything you're Mm -hmm. saying is just gold. (laughs) It's just gold, you know? Yeah. Well, Um, it's really funny that you're saying that. Do you mind if I chime in on something funny or like, please, is that okay? Or please. um, Cause I know we're, I also know we're running out of time. So um, but mine, you're like, as you're sort of questioning that mine, I, like what I'm having to sort of question <laughs> in my life is my yeah. very stubborn resolve to like, not get larger, like to, like, I'm like, what right. is going like, because I've been getting a lot of messages <laughs> about like, yeah, go on, get have a Ted talk or, you know, like what it not, that, that is not, yeah. hopefully, but like get out there, go on, have more interviews. You know, I don't really focus for me personally. I do not focus on marketing. I do not focus on getting interviewed. I don't focus on PR. Like that's never been a focus um, of my business for a variety of different reasons. But one of the main reasons is like, yeah, I don't really want too many people. I'm a very private person, believe it or not. I don't want too many people in my business. Like, so I have had to unpack that in myself where I'm like, where is that my childhood shame? Like, cause I have these deep seated yeah. beliefs of like, if I stick my neck out, I will be reprimanded. I will be punished. I will be, you know, I will be humiliated. Yes. I will be bullied. The minute there's attention yeah. on me that comes with abuse, it comes with belittlement, it yeah. comes with humiliation. So I've had to really unpack, um, you know, those deep seated beliefs and trying to kind of baby step my way into nervous system safety around saying yes to an interview, saying yes to a podcast, getting myself Mm. out there more. And, and it's kind of interesting that you're sort of questioning, we're sort of like questioning our own, our own, you know, our own stuff, our own ego stuff, our own human stuff around these sort of larger kind of spiritual questions. Right. Yes. And what it is to sort of, well, I mean, I will say like, I'm so grateful for your willingness to like step out, like even for this interview, for the interviews that you've done, it's, it's, I understand with humility why you're being asked because what you have to say is so important, but it is always, I think, and again, an inspiration to hear that there's a pause, you know, ultimately before that, Yes, 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 of course, that there is a pause to be like, okay, like, let me think about it for a second. Like, what is, where's my relationship with that? You know, and because we are running out of time and I, we have not spoken one word about tarot. I would like to, I would like very much to just briefly ask you, um, when your work, when you felt like your relationship with tarot began, uh, definitely 2003, 2004 in Portland, yeah. Oregon. Um, that was, that was when I started studying the tarot and becoming really, um, obsessed with it and really in awe of the power of the tarot. 
And did yeah. you start giving readings around the same time that you sort of, because um, like, did you find yourself learning at the same time that you were giving readings? Did that no. come in tandem no. for you? Okay. I, no, I, I studied tarot <laughs> on my own by like reading and giving myself reading for probably maybe two or three years. And then I began mm-hmm. sort of obsessively asking people, friends, like want to get a read, like, you know, someone would come over for, you know, Friday night and I'd be like, want to get a reading? Can I give you a reading? You know, like really. <laughs> and, and so then yeah. I just did that for free for many, many years. And it really wasn't until... I moved to Los Angeles and a series, as they do, a series of events in a short period of time, as often happens, mm-hmm. uh, kind of had me reading cards professionally. And that was sort of when I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do this. This makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when you don't have, for me, it was getting a few different people sort of just kind of say, like, you have to be doing this, you know, like, you're a very good reader, Um, you know, you're, you're amazing, blah, 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 like, you need to be doing this. So that kind of happened in a short period of time. Um, And then I was like, all right, okay, that makes sense. Um, Word. So it just felt a little bit like, yeah, again, I never was like, I'm going to be a tarot reader, I'm gonna, it just wasn't something in my consciousness. Um, But now, obviously, it's such a huge mm-hmm. part of my life. It's such a rich, rich part of my life, you know? Mm-hmm. What, um, these are really goofy questions, but I like to ask them, and I know yeah. we only have a few minutes. Please. So, um, yeah. do you have a favorite card? <clears throat> no. Like, just a card uh, that you, like, <laughs> love so deeply? I feel like the cards I love are very... Strange. I mean, I love, of course, I love, I love any card that I can radically shift my viewpoint around them. So what I mean to say is like, yeah, the please devil. provide like, an love, example. I, like I yeah. love the devil. Like I love the devil. I get excited. I love unpacking the devil for myself and for other people. Mm. I love the emperor. Um, I love unpacking that I love for myself and other people because I feel like these are, these can be really tricky cards that people are not, you know, delighted by when they appear. Right. Um, <laughs> but any card that I can kind of, because so many of the cards reflect where the client is, but also so many of the cards, especially, you know, the older decks reflect what the society was thinking around the ideas. So like, for example, like the perfect example is like, of course, all time personal fave, the moon card. Hi, the (laughs) moon card is, is the traditional, you know, interpretation of the moon card is pretty fear-based. It's pretty anxiety-ridden. It's pretty underworld. It's pretty, um, you know, emotional, so on and so forth. But we just sort of have to, and I talk about this in my book, actually, and I talk about the devil card, and I kind of go through some of the trickier cards or the death card 
you know, all of these sort of harder cards that I, I touch base on throughout many moons. Um, but the moon card itself, like we just have to think about it. Well, these decks were being created by men, even if they were being yeah. drawn or illustrated or painted by women. And the moon is a seminal, this symbol of femininity and, um, you know, from agricultural connections to the moon to people who get their periods with the moon cycles um, to the emotions that we all cycle through during a moon cycle. Well, you know, men have been afraid of women a lot. And so, of course, they would place that same fear and anxiety around a symbol that is so linked to, um, you know, being a woman, being feminine, being queer, Mm -hmm. being other, being powerful, being magical, um, you know, so of course they would put that on that. And so a lot of what I am working my way through and my own practice uh, personally and professionally with readings is really unpacking the the symbology, really unpacking it and really bringing it into the present moment and providing a richer, more nuanced, more interesting and more empowered definition of some of these Mm. cards that have been really trampled on, you know, like, and I'll shut up, but like, you know, the devil, (laughs) the devil card has an upside down pentacle. Like this is how the church viewed, this is how the church viewed witchcraft, you know, like this is what we're looking at. We're not look, I mean, yes, of course the devil card means addiction. It means confinement. It can mean, you know, all of these, darker issues. Of course, I'm not saying that the meanings are not accurate. I'm just saying we have to kind of have a more sophisticated lens. We have to know our history. We have to know our history of our society. We also have to know the traditional history of the cards and the symbology and where they're coming from in order to revise them, whether we're reading with a deck that was made, whether we're reading with a deck that was made a year ago, 20 years ago, or 200 years ago. And that's sort of a responsibility of a tarot reader. You can't just not mm-hmm. know kind of the, the roots of traditional. We need to kind of know the rules in order to break them, right? So that's kind of what I'm You know I'm all so. about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. I love it. Preach. It's beautiful. Um, and then I guess my final question before thanking you and, you know, if you're comfortable with this, I often ask people, what cards they feel like they're currently transiting through. So, Oh yeah. If, yeah. So you wrote something very powerful about a month ago about the death card, um, with your sweet dog. And do you still feel like you're in that energy or do you feel like it's changed shape now that your present moment is, deeply entrenched in like shipping the the celebration of this Mm. book, the contraction of this book. Do you feel like there are different flavors right now in your life? Mm, That's really interesting. I will say, yes, I am still in death. I'm not. Of course. Of course. I'm not in the acute nervous system overtaking. It's moving through me much more gently and much more softer. That being said, I, I do feel temperance on the horizon. Like I am Uh happily (laughs) going to be skipping towards temperance. Um, And Mm -hmm. I'm actually really excited about that personally, because I think that for me, and we won't get into it, we don't have the time to get into it, but temperance is 
also a card that was a little bit tricky for me, you know, like with meanings mm-hmm. wise. And I'm really excited. Yeah. You know, when I go in with a card, it's probably similar to you, Lindsay. I'm there for months with the card. I'm like, oh, you know, it's, same, it's, exactly you know, or, the same, you know, maybe years. So I'm kind of like, OK, getting to know it. I, I, I yeah, I feel you. I'm excited to get to know you and feel you yes. and experience you in a different way yes. now. Um, but yeah, I am definitely still kind of in death and I'm, I feel totally fine with that. So yeah, but I, and I loved, I loved a death card, so it's okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, amazing, beautiful woman. Thank you so much for being here with us today and with me. Um, I know that people can find you at visualmagic.info. Is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, That's my spiritual website. It's your um, spiritual you can just website. Google my my um store is modernwomen.bigcartel. Before we close, and yeah, like you know, you can find me on Instagram. I'm G O T T E S S, which is a play on my last name, mm-hmm. which is Gottesdiener, um, which means servant of God in German. Um, but I want to just thank you, Lindsay, for mm-hmm. all of the generous. gift that you have given thousands of people, probably tens of thousands. I don't know how many people listen to this, but you are operating from such a deeply compassionate, honest, authentic, inclusive place, and you continuously do it. And it's not, I know that it's awesome to do, but it's not always easy, not every day, mm-hmm. even though it, overarchingly, I'm sure you feel like you're in flow. So I just want to give you this like huge hug and this huge mm-hmm. bow of appreciation for everything you've continued to do. Um, and you're just a fucking human too. You're not like, you know what I mean? Like you're just living your mm-hmm. life too. So I just want to give you a huge thanks and I, you know, like everyone is so appreciative and you just give so much and it comes from such a aligned and heart centered, heart centered really place. And so just thank you, my dear, for, for all of it. Oh, you made me cry. Thank you. And I, exactly what you said to me, I feel the exact same way about you. Like everything from your columns on of the wolves and on astrology.com to these incredible books and your newsletters, my God, your newsletters, (laughs) like everybody sign up for Sarah's newsletter, please. They're incredible. Um, thank you so much. Like it feels so good to hear you say that and to receive it. And I feel very lucky to know you and, um, really right back at you. And thank you for saying that. That's so nice. Um, I love you, Lindsay. Until we we talk again, maybe in spring or summer. (laughs) Bye. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sarah. Bye-bye.